Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Metazoa Podcast, a show about nature by those who love nature. I'm your host, Phoebe Carnes, a passionate biology student and your resident alcoholic. And I'm your co-host, Jacob Dunford, your friendly neighborhood biology flavor comp sci major. Sorry, I was taking a sip of my tea as you were saying that. Um, so <laughs> I want to point out that we are twinning today. We are. And we are twenty today. I love that for us. I mean, unplanned. Yeah, it's, it's okay. <laughs> Your enthusiasm <laughs> right off the bat is, is spelling out great things for this episode, Jacob. Um, so, I think we have kind of an interesting one today. We do. We have a very. I'm very excited about this episode today. It's it's a little bit different than what we've done so far, but a little more fun. I think. For us, I think, at least. I think it's going to be, yes, I think I think it's going to be very fun for our audience as well. So for those who may or may not know about Jacob and I, um, we're quite a fan of national parks. Yeah, quite. they're okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jacob, <laughs> we have, uh, for we have that known, We have been known to uh, partake, partake in the occasional adventure. We have, and get ourselves into all sorts of troubles and... Thanks, but we figured, hey, we've had some fun experiences. Why not share that with our adoring, amazing audience? And also because I think we just want to talk about them. So I think I think there is that as well, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> so just to kind of lay out kind of the way that this episode is going to go today, which is, you know, usually... Jacob and I, mainly me, because I'm kind of insane, like to write a bunch of notes out for each episode. Um, we did not do that this time. So this might go off the rails real fast. And y'all are just going to be along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, a whole like three sentences. Um, so <laughs> that's all you need. That's I all mean, you need. It's the rest of it, it's, all, it's authentic. You know, it's authentic improv and all that um but kind of i guess the general way that this is going to go is we're just going to talk about four different national parks that we have been to um we've been to more places in the national park service but i don't think either of us have a lot to say about like a blinken historic site or anything like that so we're or a lot of the 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 battlefields they were they were all very cool um but not not really our thing yeah, so so I think we're going to limit it to the fun ones that we have a lot to say and talk about. Not that, you know, the other ones are not fun or cool, but you guys, I think, understand what I'm, what I'm trying to get at here. So let's just dive right into a national park that, like, I think that both of us were had slight hesitations about when yes. we first decided we were going to go. <laughs> a little so, bit, a little bit. This was in July of this past year. Yeah, it was over um, year. the 4th of July, actually, to be even more specific. might have been a mistake on our part. I don't know why we decided to do that. <laughs> well, but... no, let's, let's back up a little bit. Because um, yeah, we had talked about um, going uh, down to the Charlotte area of North Carolina um, mm-hmm. for a bit um i've i've course i go to school here in charlotte um but 
over the summer, we had decided we wanted to take a trip down. And Phoebe and I both have these um, big passports. Um, and if anybody is big on uh, visiting uh, national parks, you'll probably know exactly what we're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. And every national park has at least one stamp. Um, and the idea is that you go around all these national parks and you collect the stamps in the, in the books. And it's got all the national parks in the United States of America. Um, and so Phoebe and I both had this book and we've both expressed our interest in trying to see as many of the national parks in the States as we possibly can. And so this past summer, we decided to do something about it. And so we started looking through the book because the book has a huge map with all of the all of the parks and where you can find them and all that and so what phoebe and i would do is we would find a place that we knew we had people in so like phoebe has an aunt and uncle in charlotte um, hello to we, karen kevin i know you guys were listening to this <laughs> who are awesome and we spend so much time with um and so we would c- circle places that we knew we had friends and or family that we could crash with. (laughs) Um, And we would just draw a line and we could see, we would see how many national parks we could tick off in, in one straight line. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we decided that um, Charlotte would be best because there were a couple around there, a couple parks and monuments. And that would be, a good way of like kind of branching out and going out on our own, but not like being so far out on our own. Um, so I don't remember exactly when we decided to go to the, this park. I feel like it was probably two weeks before we went down to Charlotte. Um, not not that Maybe. long before we. It was, it was not that long. <laughs> it was long enough for us both to submit time off uh, from yeah. our from our occupations. Yeah, but, and yeah. I I want to also just just point out now this is a little pet peeve of mine, but like we're we're not the type to necessarily plan out every single stage of the trip that we do. We we kind of leave some time open and stuff. But my worst pet peeve is when people just visit a national park without looking into any part of it. Right. Like, yeah. and and this probably comes from from and you can probably attest to this too. But like the visitor center days working in the Smokies. Mm-hmm. Of the sheer the sheer amount of people, I mean, like half of the time in my shift where I would be doing that would be people like, "Hey, I didn't even know that I was in a national park until I saw the sign. Like, what is there to do here?" And it's the like, people, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." I yeah. what what do you want me to do? Like, plan your whole trip? I mean, I don't understand the amount um, of people <laughs> that would come in and think that they were either still in Tennessee, which, for clarification, Phoebe and I both. Most of our time was spent, if not almost all of it, was spent on the North Carolina side of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, and the amount of people who would come up to us in the inform- in the uh, visitor centers looking for information that either did not know that they were not in Tennessee anymore, did not know they were in a national park, or did not realize that they were not in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and had not been in Gatlinburg, Tennessee for a while, oh my gosh, um, was yeah. astounding. Or the, or the people who uh, would come in no have not done any research and have all these physical limitations and be like what what can now what can i do plan my entire trip with my 12 dogs and four children and my my grandmother who cannot uh step outside of her car 
I was like, oh. and you'd be like, oh, okay. So long story short, <laughs> Phoebe and I both share this pet peeve of people just showing up to national parks and expecting the person behind the desk to do all the work for them. Yeah, and, and the only reason I bring that up is because even though I we, we didn't plan this Congaree trip that long in advance, we still planned it with enough time to like at least get an understanding of the park and what we should be prepared for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so immediately off the bat, so Congaree is a national park in South Carolina. It was established uh, very recently, actually, November 10th, 2003, mm-hmm. which is two days after my birthday when I was born. Isn't that fun? That is that is that's right. It's, it was it was destiny for this destiny. to be kind of our first first park outing. Um, <laughs> but it's it's a very swampy area in South Carolina. Very very different than what we have here in right. the. There's a lot of cool, moisture. A lot of moisture and heat. A lot of moisture. A lot of heat. Very different than what we have here in the Smokies. So immediately we're we're kind of preparing for that, right? And also um, very flat. Very flat. I feel like yeah. I should point that out. Yeah, which is which is nice for us, um, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that wasn't what really kind of made me a little nervous about this park. What made me nervous was the reviews. Oh my gosh, have you seen the reviews for this park, Jacob? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we went. We we yeah we went. Um, but like people just do not like Congaree. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Now, another very quick side tangent here. Park reviews oh my, are the I was just worst. Thinking about that. Park <laughs> reviews are so funny. It, one of my favorite things to do in my pastime is if I'm bored or if I'm sad, I'll just I will look up bad park reviews. And they're all good. Every single park on the planet has awesome negative park reviews. Cause they're always like, like for the smokies. Um, the biggest complaint people seem to have is that there's nothing specific to do. <laughs> Crazy, <laughs> which is insane. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm trying to think of some of the other really noteworthy ones because there are some really funny ones. And there's this artist on Twitter X, I think that that is, um, where they will turn some of those like those top quotes those top Mm -hmm. reviews and turn them into like those uh, retro national park posters. And it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. We need to have an episode where we just like read park reviews and (laughs) talk about them. Write that down, write that down. Write that down. But the point is, is like Congaree is one of those parks that does not get a lot of praise. And so I was a little bit nervous going into it, like not really knowing what to expect on that end. So we get up really early in the morning and it was what, like an hour and a half drive or something? Not too from bad. Charlotte. Yeah, from or was it even less? It was like a little more than an hour, I think. Yeah, it was not it wasn't that bad. bad. It was not that bad. It's near Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. Um, so we get there, and the sign is gorgeous. Like, the sign was very don't, pretty. Don't judge a book by its cover, but like you can judge a park by its opening sign. I think. I mean, this thing was beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. So of course we get our picture in front of the sign <laughs> because we're we're being tourists a little bit, you know, like getting our getting our little photo and we get in. Um and, and Congaree itself is not a huge park. It's like twenty thousand acres. Yeah, which compared to our like half a million acres is <laughs> is almost nothing. 
And then when you look on the park map, it's like only a tiny little corner of that is actually really accessible to anybody. Yeah. So it's 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 a pretty small park, so it didn't take us long to get to the visitor center. But I mean, just walking into the visitor center, I was kind of actually a little bit blown away by the the quality of the visitor it's, center. It is a very small visitor center, but it is it is very well done. Um, they've got really- all kinds of really cool stuff in there. Now, granted, I might have to give it to them um, because they are a lot newer. Um, mm-hmm. So that might be one of the reasons why we why we were so like, wow. But then again, uh, like our visitor center, the Kun Lefty Visitor Center was um, dedicated in 2012, 2011. Yeah, like it's that. pretty new. So it's pretty new too. Uh, but no, at Congaree's Visitor Center, we were both very pleasantly surprised. It had some park, really, really, I mean, yeah, I mean, the visitor center had some great like introductory information on like the mm. uh, Jacob and I tend to go more for the natural history side of it and like the nature, but had some great information on that and some really cool information on um, like the indigenous people who used to inhabit Congaree um, mm-hmm. for and who how, it's named after, actually, yes. and the uh, yeah. underground railroad that ran through yes. Congaree as well. Um, Congaree, like we said, it was an, it's an old growth bottomland hardwood forest. Um, it's actually like one of the the largest intact expanses. And mm-hmm. um, if I remember correctly, they told us that from the video we watched that um, this ecosystem actually this habitat actually spanned all the way from Texas um, up to about the North Carolina area. Um, mm-hmm. But since then, um, logging exploits have completely removed it from of course. the states. Uh, I think the bald cypress is mostly what they went after. Um, yeah, which bald cypress loves the water, so it uh, it was super resilient for that kind of building, if I remember correctly. Um, mm-hmm. It was a good good hardwood. Um, but anyway, so logging exploits, as seems to be the story with any wooded national park um is the reason it's it's a national park to begin with um if, if i believe it started as a reserve um mm-hmm. to try and keep it was a logger i think who actually owned yeah. the, the, this tract of land and he was yeah. like this place is really cool let's not cut it down how about that and then <laughs> crazy idea like that yeah it stayed like that for a while and then it was like a reserve and then it was finally dedicated as a national park in 2003 um yeah yeah it was i don't remember where i was going with this cool history i think is is the point maybe that's what it was yeah (laughs) um but yeah i mean the visitor center just was super cool so i think i think think that's when we both started getting a bit more excited at at the visitor center i think i lost my because i i had this (laughs) no i had this really big chapstick it's called duke cannon and i love it because oh, yeah. a, it's good chapstick but it's also huge and so uh-huh. it's not so that it lasts longer it's because i could never keep up <laughs> with a thing of chapstick before, long enough for it to run out so the duke cannons are awesome because they're they're huge so it's so hard mm-hmm. to lose them and i lost one. <laughs> oh my gosh and i'm pretty sure it's like hungry because i had it i had it in my pocket when we got there and i did not have it when we left so i'm pretty sure i lost it watching the video in the like the little amphitheater we were in oh to yeah watch the, the the park video i'm pretty sure i lost it there that's so that sad. was the last time i 100 percent know it was in my pocket wow 
So yeah, lost to Congaree. Congaree stole my my chapstick, my Ducan chapstick <laughs> that I'd had for like. That's going to be the name of the episode. Congaree <laughs> stole my chapstick. Congaree um, stole my chapstick. Can we point out before we get into the awesome, awesomer stuff of Congaree that they had air conditioned bathrooms? Right? Oh my gosh, these bathrooms Luxury. were so nice. Like we, like, we turned it into one of our sub goals was like raiding all the bathrooms of the, yes. of the national parks <laughs> we went into, um, ba- just based on Congaree's. Congaree had some nice bathrooms. They had some like, nice I don't know, ventilated if, if, bathrooms. If, if you guys listening are not avid park people like Jacob and I are, <laughs> y'all don't understand how much of a luxury it is to have ac bathrooms in a national park the smokies does not no we do not have those um many of the other parks we visited i don't seem to remember had none of the national monuments well a couple of the national monuments did if the bathroom was in like the main yeah uh, building um but like king's mountain Kings Mountain did not, but granted, the power was also out. So I that was true. Don't remember if I don't actually know if those bathrooms had AC or if the power it was just the power was out. Anyway, I think Cumberland Gap did, maybe, and Mammoth Cave did. So actually, maybe it's just the Smokies who does not seem to have AC bathrooms. <laughs> but then again, all those places are like, okay, this is the central location, and that was really the only bathrooms we right. used. We didn't really use the bathroom True. anywhere else. Anyway, uh, Congaree had a very nice bathroom. When you were when you are uh, mountain folk like us that are mostly used to these upper upper altitudes, a uh, little bit colder climate, a little bit colder, drier, and then you throw us down into the pits of South Carolina, and it's it's hot, it's muggy. There's all kinds, all matter of insect at want in your skin. Um, yes. And it was like a solid 80 plus degrees that day. It I don't was, remember exactly what the high humid. was, but um, it was real humid. That, having that reprieve <laughs> was was very so nice. nice. It was very nice. But so nice. Real quick, I want to talk about the biggest thing that we were super worried about before going, which was the mosquito yep. meter. Oh, yes. I forgot about yeah, this. Please. Yeah. Yes. So... <laughs> We'll definitely have to post it because I have some pictures, but we'll definitely have to post it yes. on our on our social medias uh, when this episode launches. Uh-huh. But so Congaree uh, has such a problem with mosquitoes because it's the perfect breeding ground for them. It's like I said, hot and moist, um, and that's really all they need. Um, that they have a whole like measurement system, a whole like sign for how mm-hmm. bad the mosquitoes are that day. And they call it the mosquito meter. And it, it hang on, I had a picture pulled up just a second ago because the levels on this are really funny. So it goes from one to six, one being the, the like, okay, everything's okay, to six is, oh, that's a lot. And the levels are all clear, mild, <laughs> moderate, four is severe, five is ruthless, and six is a war zone. And so Phoebe and I were both like, "What if we, what if we get down there and it's, <laughs> and it's in a war zone? What do we do then?" But we were very fortunate Cry. to uh, <laughs> to get there on a, a level three day, so it was moderate, so it wasn't that bad. And we of course brought gallons of a uh, bug spray. No, so much bug spray. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, but that so that was that was really funny, but it ended up being that okay. Was- 
it ended up being fine. I don't actually remember having much of an issue with the bugs, but no. so we, we kind of decided because we really only had one day in Congaree and we decided the best way to sort of get as much of a layout of the park as we could was to do, I think they just called the boardwalk yeah, it's trail called the boardwalk. or something. I think it was like 2.4 miles or something like that round trip. <sighs> something like that. Nothing, um, it wasn't horrible. Yeah, so it's just like you're on this elevated boardwalk the whole time. There's opportunities to get off of it, but you're on this elevated boardwalk and it just takes you around like the swamp, basically. It takes you to a lake, mm-hmm. um, just kind of some of the different habitats. Congaree and, and stuff is like also um, heavily self guided. Uh, there's not yes. much there that uh, you do an expedition for. Uh, they do canoeing because, you know, Congaree mm-hmm. is a river. Um, and. Like we were saying with earlier, we said most of it's not even accessible. It's because most of it is actually is is all that water. So you there's they do do they do canoeing to get around the park a lot. Um, but other than that, it's even that is mostly self guided. But everything else is very you're on your own kind of thing. Um, so they give you it's one of the best self guided uh, tours I've been on in the park. Yeah, it was really good. Um, they give you a pamphlet with all kinds of st- all these stops. And um, you'll see a little number on the like the side of the boardwalk, and then you will flip to that page, and then it'll tell you all about what it is you're seeing. So that was really cool, um, mm-hmm. but just to show like that self guided, that whole self guided feel of this um, two point four loop of, of boardwalk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really cool, and I so. I got really excited as we started going down the boardwalk because what we see mm. is this. I think it was. I think it was a red-bellied water snake. I think I looked up the species after, and that's what it was. Yeah. But this pretty big snake. It, it was sizable, like a good four feet. I would say it was a pretty big snake. It was pretty big. Yeah, eating a frog. <laughs> like I'm in heaven. That's awesome. That was the best. Um, so I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so fun. So we're going down the boardwalk, taking in the views. There's like frogs and lizards and i think we even saw a couple snapping turtles and some of the Mm -hmm. little uh bits of of standing water that we saw and like we're just enjoying the wildlife learning about the the cypress trees and the knees and all that stuff and it wasn't very long like we'd maybe been walking 15 minutes or something Mm -hmm. we get to this part of the boardwalk where it's kind of level with the the ground which by the way we we were told i can't remember i think this might have just been in the self-guided tour but that there is Anywhere you look, about eight feet of mud, eight yes, or nine feet of yes, mud. Yes, I forgot about that. Um, which is crazy to envision, but <laughs> we're just kind of walking, and then I think I was the one who spotted them first. But I look up, and I see four of these big dark blobs moving <sighs> through the swamp, and I'm sitting here, and I'm like, "What? What am I looking at?" They come into view, four wild hogs like 10 feet from us off the trail now listen listen (laughs) y'all in the smokies i have been i have been charged by elk before i have been and luckily not charged by bears but i have seen bears a lot closer than i would want to see bears those are all adrenaline rushing experiences but never in my life have I ever been as scared of an animal as I was in that moment? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We 
what evidently, as we come to we came to find out, wild hog in Congaree National Park means something entirely different than wild yes. hog in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Here in the Smokies, if you hear somebody shout wild hog, you if you don't know how to climb a tree, you're about to learn. And yes. <laughs> you will stay there for a bit. We have a huge, huge problem with wild hogs tearing everything apart, not caring. They don't They don't care. They don't care who you are, what you are. They're going to do whatever they want, and you're going to get trampled in the process. And so we see <laughs> these hogs are like, uh-oh. And so we're like <laughs> – we're looking. We're like, okay, how do, we, how do we get out of this? And then we realized, oh, they're just pigs. Yeah, they were they were super chill actually. And I don't they were think they really a lot smaller as well. They were than yeah. ours. They were like the size of like medium to smaller dogs. They were not that big. Yeah, but yeah, just sticks sticks out in my memory as a moment mm-hmm. of great terror. Um, that On turned this, into confusion. <laughs> yeah, where there was um, like just a little bit. We were above the mud, but like not that much. No, not that much. They could have jumped on that boardwalk if they mm-hmm. wanted to. Um, stick stick around to the end of the podcast where we'll talk about some real, some real hogs. Some um, real hogs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean the boardwalk was really fun, and there's there's this kind of like halfway point or like a roughly halfway point in the boardwalk where we saw the thing I had been kind of the most excited to see in the park, which was the loblolly pine. Which at one point was the the champion, which which basically means it was. I guess the tallest, I think, is how they I think it was tallest it is the measurement, yeah. In the world of that species. Um, however, we, we were told by one of the rangers at the visitor center that it's no longer the champion of the world. It is in the state um, still, but I'm not sure what the champion is. Or uh, if yeah, maybe- we, we looked it up and we couldn't find anything. Uh, it was super recent that it had been dethroned. So all the stuff we we found still said that Charlotte, nope, not Charlotte, Congaree was still still the champion. But, but do do not let the title of ex champion fool you. <laughs> this tree is still massive. It is it a big is tree. A hundred and seventy feet tall, huge, with a fifteen foot circumference. There's a one of my favorite pictures that we've ever taken in a national park is us both hugging that tree, and yeah, we, are we are nowhere close to wrapping no, our arms around that thing. Like each side of the tree, <laughs> trying to like touch each other's hands wrapped around, and there is still like a good foot or a gap between between our hands. Yeah, huge. Which, by um, the way, pictures of this tree do not do it justice. I mean, no. we were we were sitting on the couch the night before. Uh, trying to get our last minute plans together, we we're and like we were looking at this tree, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a big tree, I guess." But it's like it doesn't seem like it's that big. And then we get there, and we're like, "Oh, <laughs> oh, this is big. <laughs> this is a big tree." Yeah, I mean, I, I think if like anything, you guys take away from from this talking about Congaree, it's that everyone should visit. It's actually a really cool park. Um, super underrated Absolutely. by a lot. Like, I feel like every national park is underrated in some way, but like Congaree especially, I feel like is insanely underrated. And we feel like we got like 
the, like we said, we only spent one day there, but we spent a good four or five hours there. Yeah. Um, and we both kind of felt like we had like the sequential, this is Congaree experience, but we both talked about how um, we want to go back and canoe it because that seems mm-hmm. like a, a super cool underutilized um, aspect for us anyway um, yeah. for Congaree. So that so even even still even even though it's only twenty thousand acres, um, so it's not that big, and you can see most of it, and uh, within a day, we would still there's still reasons for us to go back. Yeah, and I, I think if and I mean that speaks volumes, like wanting to see more of it and right. wanting to immerse ourselves back in that environment, definitely tells you how much how pleasantly surprised we were with with Congaree actually. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah, I I do I awesome park. I do caution people to just be careful of when yes. you go, um, uh-huh. for a multitude of reasons. Biggest one on my mind really was just heat and humidity. You don't don't go in the mm-hmm. middle of the summer. We were very fortunate to go uh, for for whatever the reason. Uh, beginning of July was actually cooler than it normally is. Um, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Which we lucked out on that. But don't don't go mm-hmm. when it's like ninety degrees and one hundred percent humidity. Don't do that. Don't do that. No. Um, but one of the other really cool things about Congaree, and I think this is the last I have, is how the, much the park changes day to day. Like you could go yes. one day and you see the park, you're like, "This is cool." And if you went back the next day, you might see an entirely different park because it's a floodplain, so it is uh, very susceptible to flooding. Um, so when they get rain, which I think they were actually in a little bit of a drought when we went. I or think maybe so, it yeah. just receded. I don't remember. But the water level is super low when we went. Yeah. Um, but there are times where the water is above the boardwalk. And so there are sections of the park you can't even get to anymore. And so we, we were like, okay, that's cool. But we saw pictures in that video, and it is. It is an entirely different world um, when the water, when the, they've had a lot of rain. So it would be cool to see mm-hmm. that to see that how it how it changed yeah it's it's a really cool place um perhaps not well maybe i'll take that back i was going to say it's perhaps not a park for like first time visitors or like people who are just kind of starting to get into this whole thing but i think actually because of how small it is and kind of the very how flat it is kind of the simple way in which they're able to lay out some really cool information Mm -hmm. that's really effective Actually, I would recommend it to people, but again, just make being sure prepared, you have water. Yeah, water and yeah, bug spray. Preparedness is very important. Um, so let's go to like another park that I, that's also really small. And this one was a lot more recent. This was mm-hmm. over our humongous park extravaganza that we had over yes. Labor Day this past yes. year. Yeah. <laughs> I missed it, but man, was it a was it a whirlwind? That we, we did? I think we planned so over Labor Day weekend, a uh, span of three days. I think it was. I think we left that Friday. Yeah, yeah span three of three or days. Four. Yeah, yeah, we left that Friday, and then Monday we had came off. back that. Yeah, and came back that Monday, right? So I, I guess three days technically, but yeah. So but anyway, yeah. Um, we over Labor Day weekend, we Phoebe and I went up towards Kentucky. It was another one of those areas that we had circled. Um, this time, it was my uh, grandparents, my mom and papa, which Love hopefully them. you are listening. 
also <laughs> awesome people. Um, we actually planned this trip in the middle of our Congaree trip as we were driving around some of the towns uh, yep. trying to find <laughs> something familiar. So we, I think we went to a cookout. Yeah. And yeah. We, so we planned this huge trip up to Kentucky um, over <laughs> during our Congaree trip. Um, and it is like a six hour drive um, from uh, the Smokies. Um, and we did it all in one day, twice. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> but to kind of break up some of the driving, we figured we would try to stop it a smaller park because our goal was mammoth cave that was like our big mm-hmm. thing that we were going to see but there was a lot of different there's a lot of different routes we could take to get up there so we were like let's try and maybe break up this drive with a smaller little park that may take like a good you know hour or so just for us to stop driving um me specifically to stop driving um and I, get out yeah. <laughs> um so we went through a lot of options, but the one we settled on was Cumberland Gap, which is technically a national historic park. Yeah. Um, it's also pretty small. It was established June 11th, 1940. So it's actually a very old national park. Mm. Um, and it was established because it was the first gateway to the West. So, you know, again, Jacob and I are not super big history buffs, but but the basic idea of this is that the Appalachians were were quite the obstacle that early settlers had to figure out when they were trying it was, to it was. colonize the new world. And so Cumberland Gap was kind of that pathway that would allow them to get into the West. That's basically the idea. So pretty historic significance. Mm-hmm. Um and I think one of the things that really attracted us to Cumberland Gap is, number one, it's it's still part of the Appalachian chain, which we love the Appalachians, right. shockingly. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but also it has this kind of cool aspect of you're able to be in three states simultaneously. Yes. So it is in both Kentucky, Tennessee, and a little tiny sliver of Virginia. Mm-hmm. But but still, technically, it is it is in the corner <laughs> there. Um, and so I think that was kind of the biggest draw for us. So and they still have a huge tunnel that you can go through. Yes. Um, in Cumberland Gap. So in a way, it is still the, that great gateway to the West, even mm-hmm. in our more modern uh, automotive world. Um, but no, yeah, Cumberland Gap was super cool. Um, it was also really cool because it still felt like home. Um, it did. you know, it, like it was still, it's still a deciduous, temperate deciduous mm-hmm. forest. So the, um, leaves still change in the fall. And evidently we came to find, we had come to find out that, uh, Cumberland Gap, the towns, uh, around it, like I think Middlesboro was the big one. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. they have a huge fall festival, um, huge which uh, we were not there for it. We were there a little early, so um, but they were gearing up for it. Um, I suppose I would wager it's probably around the time that the leaves change. Um, mm-hmm. But we had come to find out that uh, Cumberland Gap, the whole area, had, their fall is their peak. It's absolutely what people go there for. Um just to so give you guys an idea yeah. of, of the fall festival thing, it was on the sign of Middlesboro. It was like yeah, Middlesboro, yeah. home of the Cumberland Gap Fall Festival. Like mm-hmm. this is the thing. This <laughs> for is that what town. makes this town this town. 
Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I consider ourselves lucky to have missed that. Um, yes. Because Cumberland Gap, it was a beautiful park. It was a beautiful park. Um, and there was very few people there. Yeah. Which we, over we Labor into... Day weekend, we were both like, this feels weird. Weird. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's just because fall is, is what people go there for. Yeah. Um, so so we didn't spend too much time in Cumberland Gap. So we don't have, I don't think either of us have too, too much to say. No. But I think one of the things that I really wanted to mention was that pinnacle overlook, which yes. is yes. where you are. It's like kind of like imagine like this big stone not necessarily amphitheater, but it's this it's this circular stone kind of outcrop that you can stand yeah, yeah. on and, and look over Tennessee, Kentucky, and Virginia, um, and and kind of stand in all of those states at once. Um, and and as you're doing that, you're also kind of looking down, and, and like Cumberland Gap is sort of at the tip of the Appalachian, so you're kind of seeing where like the mm-hmm. Appalachians sort of start teetering off, and then it's flat from <laughs> from there on out. Um, <laughs> But something that will always stick with me is is we're standing on this overlook. And now those of you who have listened to past episodes know that that your girl is a little little nervous about heights. (laughs) Uh, We'll talk about that more in Mammoth Cave because I will never shut up about the pits. We'll get there. We'll get there. there. But we're standing over and I'm, you know, forcing myself to look down because it's cool, but also scary. And I'm looking down and there's these two massive buzzards huge birds that you see flying above you most of the time but we're looking down at the buzzards mm-hmm. as they're flying below us this is so or cool. like so eye cool. level at some points but that was just one of the coolest things for me is like mm-hmm. being above those huge birds looking down that's a real, that's a good idea. I didn't even think about that. We should probably be like, this is our favorite. This was mine, and this was yours favorite part of each park. Oh yeah, that's a wow! Look at us coming with look ideas in the middle yeah, of us a- on, on the fly. Okay, <laughs> um, but no, no, that was that was awesome. I think mm-hmm. that's probably going to have to be my favorite. Just that whole area. I mean, of course, that is the Cumberland's Gap thing, uh, being able to yeah. see and be in all three states at once, um, but. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think that was my favorite part. Yeah, it was super cool. Another really cool but, thing is um, Middlesboro, evidently, we came to find out, what is yeah. um, in a crater, in the impact of a meteor. So that was yeah. that was cool. Yeah, we, we, we tend to stumble upon cool things somehow, <laughs> just kind of... <laughs> roll into it uh, <laughs> very <yeah>. haphazardly <laughs> um but if you're ready i'm ready to talk about mammoth cave because i know i have a lot of things to say yeah i think i think we're i think we're ready for the big one all right mammoth cave national park also pretty old established july 1st 1941 a lot of parks seem to be established in the summer i don't know if there's a particular pattern to that you're right but, um <laughs> hmm. i don't know but oh my gosh mammoth cave now you had been to mammoth cave before we went yeah, but you, you were younger right like once or twice like i said i my grandparents live up there in about an hour ish from uh from mammoth cave um so whenever mm-hmm. we go up there to visit them they oftentimes we'd all go down to mammoth cave um, so yeah. i've been there like once or twice but i was i was younger like six or seven ish so I had some yeah. experiences, some disjointed memories, but 
not nothing to like be able to paint a complete picture. Right. Um, so, so kind of still like a new thing for both of us. So yeah. we had decided, so kind of the way the mammoth cave works, f- first of all, the park is pretty big. It's 52,000 acres, pretty sizable space. Um, there's a lot of forests, a lot of rivers, and obviously the cave is kind of like the attraction um, mm-hmm. of the park. Shocker. Um, but of course, they can't just send people all willy-nilly down into the cave and let them do their own thing. So <laughs> a, 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 the park is kind of unique in that way of it is not very self-guided. No, There is a tiny little sliver of the cave that you can do self-guided, but it's like you don't really get to see a whole lot of stuff. It's like 30 really. minutes max, and that's if you're taking your yeah. time. Right. And so we signed up for one of the ranger tours, which they do every day. There's a vast variety of them, depending on what part of Mammoth Cave you want to focus on. Mm-hmm. And we decided to do the extended historic tour, which was two and a half hours, I believe, or kind of yeah, roughly. roughly. Which we also we were <laughs> bought the tickets the day that um, they came online because you yes. have to the earliest. They will uh, release tickets is like two months in advance or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Phoebe and I had been checking every day since Congaree because we wanted to go in September and we were in Congaree in July. Um, so every day we were like, okay, well, let's, let's check. Let's see. And so I think it was like sometime in late July, early August. I don't remember. I was at work um, mm-hmm. and you called me and were like, okay. <laughs> the tickets they're here they're here <laughs> so we, we we bought those tickets the day they came they went on sale um but no yeah i think it was like two and a half hours something like that and i think the reason we chose it is is it it seemed like a really good introductory tour for the both of mm-hmm. us because it, it was kind of advertised as giving a good overview of the history of the cave with a little bit of the more like natural geological stuff kind of sprinkled in there um so we get to Mammoth Cave. Beautiful sign again. It was like kind of like cool woodwork almost. Yeah, like they had yeah, these like wooden pillar looking things. Mm, like stakes. Kind of like, yeah, like I don't know why Jamestown just came to my mind, but like that they would use at Jamestown, like those oh, wooden like stakes forks, as the, the walls. The other yeah. Spikes. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of that. Um, not specifically Jamestown, but you know, something no, I similar. Got, I got what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> specifically Jamestown. Um, so so we get there and, and we go to the visitor center, which also is a very nice visitor center. It's it gorgeous. Is very nice. It's probably the biggest one I've seen. It was huge. It was huge. Yeah. There Had was like really three cool... stores in there. There was the whole yeah, museum. Yeah, a lot. And, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. My favorite part of that whole store was when – so every National Park Visitor Center – is going to have the place for the stamps that we mentioned earlier. Jacob and mm-hmm. I are very big about our stamps. <laughs> so they had their little little stamp set up. But not only did they have the park stamp, but they also had these little bat stamps too. Yeah, I forgot that about you the could bats. put along with your park stamp. It was so cute. <laughs> it was very cute. The most adorable thing. And then they they did have a really cool like um how would you call it? Like information, kind of like mini museum sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Where you could learn about the formation of the cave and whatever. Um, 
and, and it was actually I want to I want to open up with this before we talk about going into the cave. But Jacob and I love to do the Junior Ranger um, programs at the park just because mm-hmm. they're fun and it's a good way to kind of learn about the park too. That's kind of what they're designed souvenir. for. You get a little fun like Junior Ranger badge. It's great. I am a ranger of so many parks now, but yeah. Um, the the ranger who was kind of in charge of that program that day, his name was Dave. Yeah, and Dave. So, <laughs> so we do our little books and we turn them in. And he was just so great. He was fun. He, was. Um, he gave us like an extra little, I think I have them right here. It was like a night explorer thing, yeah. like a little badge. They had just some event like- <laughs> going on for the for the younger kids, um, but we weren't going to be there long enough to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Junior Ranger Night Expeditions. Um, yeah. And he was like, well... I have something for y'all. And he gives us those. It was like, wow, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. It was it was great. And we were like, man, this guy's really cool. So they have like these little um not as like kind of gazebo things outside where um you go yeah. to line up for your tour and then the ranger comes out, does like an introductory thing, and then you get on your tour. So we're standing there, and lo and behold, the <laughs> ranger Who else could it be <laughs> that is doing our tour that day is Dave. And I just knew, I knew, oh my gosh, this is going to be the best <laughs> ever. So it was hot. It was down. hot that day. It was, it, was, it was. We so yeah, we were in Kentucky. This is the, like the last day, I think. I think we went home the next day. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. Or was it? I don't know. It was towards the end of our our Kentucky adventure. Um, yeah, and it was hot. It was like. 80 something degrees um and it was it was a dry was it dry i actually don't remember anyway the point is it was very hot no it was definitely humid it was i don't know why i was thinking it was it, definitely no, very it was humid. it was very humid <laughs> um but so it was super hot so we were all sitting under that gazebo like sweating um phoebe and i had spent the like most of the morning debating on what we what it is we should bring into the cave um mm-hmm. whether or not we should even bring jackets um i don't remember if we brought water or not i think we did but like cave. not that not not a whole lot just like yeah. a little but anyway yeah. so it was a super hot day above yeah. in the world above super hot and then like the entrance of the cave is kind of i don't want to say anticlimactic cuz like it's big but like it's just kind of like these little stairs that go down into the cave. That's basically mm-hmm. that's basically it. So we're like we're walking down, and like immediately you enter the cave, and it's just like drops thirty degrees. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was what like <laughs> seventy like or eighty degrees outside, yeah. and then in the cave it's like a solid fifty at least. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I mean, crazy. I was very glad that I brought the jacket that I did. No, yeah, definitely. Like, even if it's hot, if you're going to Mammoth Cave, bring bring a layer for the cave because I promise you, it's a lot colder than you think it is. Yeah, especially if you're already like covered in sweat and gross, like we kind of were. Um. I think it stays. <laughs> it's st- Mammoth Cave stays a constant temperature. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with it being so deep, and yeah. um, they're not really being any entrances uh, or any. Airflow, I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, it stays a constant. I think it's like a 53, 55. I don't know. It's in the 50s. Um, the point is, it stays It stays very cool year-round down there. Yeah. 
And so so we're in the cave and the way they kind of do these tours is there there are lights and the cave is like the trail and stuff is so so lovely. It's well maintained and well lit. Mm. But there's certain kind of sections of the cave. So you have Dave in the front. He's given us the whole like history information spiel and stuff like that. And then you have another ranger in the back who's turning on and off lights as we're kind of moving through the cave. It was a pretty cool system. Um, and I think one of the things that just immediately struck me is like just the the size of these these tunnels and passageways in the yes. cave. Huge, huge several stories tall tunnels yeah and, and mammoth cave was carved by water mm. it, so there's there's a river in the cave that used to you know be a lot a lot bigger and closer to the surface and now it's kind of receded but that's kind of what has carved out the cave which is a lot of limestone and that was that was so interesting to, to learn about but but the historic tour was fascinating because mammoth cave has been a tourist attraction for many a year before it was a yes, park yes. service uh i guess establishment is the word i'm looking for mm-hmm. um which we'll come back to later because the way that they used to do those things oh my gosh um yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> especially with the pits we're getting there mm-hmm. um and you you can kind of see that influence because number one the cave used to be there used to be um, mined for not gunpowder but like a material in gunpowder was it lead or something I don't it was think something it was in gunpowder I I remember that but I don't remember yeah. what it was whatever the material was it, it was a, there was like a mining operation for that so you can kind of see some of the remnants of that. Um, but the, the reason I think that we chose the extended, extended historic tour is because it said that you would be able to go to this little extra part where <laughs> – let me just like give some context here. <clears throat> so, you know, medicine back in the day. Medicine not, back in the day. Not great. <laughs> it, um, it, it's come a long way. So it's come a long way. It's since- come a a very long way, but if you were a doctor back in the day and people were getting sick, you probably thought it was bad air. Either bad air or the devil, one or the other. Maybe a mix of both. Um, so there's this guy. I don't even remember what his name was, but there, there's this doctor. And he come he comes to own Mammoth Cave through some, some way. Mysterious and memes. he says, you know what? The coldness of the cave might actually help cure all of these diseases. Yeah, they, they thought that Mammoth Cave had some um, magical um, preserving capabilities. Um, and the reality was that it's just cold and dark and, and none stale. of the elements and very stale. So none of the elements can reach whatever gets put down there. So yep. it is much more likely that whatever you throw down there is going to fare a lot better than if you were to put it out in the hot, humid Kentucky summer. Um yeah. So that was the reality of it. And this was when tuberculosis was a huge, mm-hmm. a huge deal. Um, and it was like, we're all gonna die from this and we gotta figure out we gotta figure out how to help it. So he was his main concern was trying to cure tuberculosis. Yes. And so he decides he's gonna build in the cave these little they're just like these little stone hut sort of things, like really tiny like, I don't know, six by six, maybe. They were super yeah, small. Yeah, super small. Tiny. 
um, of the remnants of which you can still see in Mammoth mm-hmm. Cave today if you go on the Hinsonated Historic Tour. But he he brought in these patients with tuberculosis into this these huts, <laughs> and they just lived in there yep. for many a month. And you know, shockingly, none of them got better. No. In fact, they they all ended up meeting quite quite awful fates at the hands of tuberculosis. I think only maybe two of the original ones survived. I think all the yeah. rest. I don't even know if they survived tuberculosis, but they survived the cave at least. They survived the cave. <laughs> But guys, that's not the worst part of this story. The worst part is that there were still <laughs> tours going on back in this the the what was this like the eighteen sixties or something? Uh, yeah, something like that. And so, like people were still being brought, like non tuberculosis infected people were still being brought into the cave, and they would just chat with the tuberculosis patients. Yeah, they were just the part of the part of the um, tour. Just took you yeah. would. That take you along their huts and you know, like, hey, some, hey, some how are you? How, you? how you doing? <laughs> take their hand. Sometimes they little, would even little, join in on the tours, you know, get a yeah. little, little, little view exercise. of the cave. Yeah. Which I'm sure was not a super spreader by any means. No, um, no, not one of the most <laughs> contagious diseases on the planet. No. Con- most contagious and deadliest diseases of its of its era. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, this didn't work. The guy ended up dying from tuberculosis like two years after this started. Uh, (laughs) Imagine that. But that was, I know, isn't that crazy? That was a very interesting (laughs) part of the tour. It was was very interesting. It's very interesting. But But I think what was, oh, sorry, go ahead. Okay. Um, Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, right. I was going to jump on to the, were you talking about the lights earlier? It was crazy because, believe it or not, um, when you are miles away from the nearest entrance, um, caves are pretty dark. There's not yep. a, there's not a lot of light down there. Um, and so it would be really funny because we would get to like, to quote unquote, the end of a trail or like, okay, now, now where do we go? Cause it'd be dark all ahead of you. And Dave would just like flick his wrist. And then all of a sudden there's more cave. And it's like, what? What did that? Who put? Who put that there? And then just be, yeah, in like miles of dark. And then all of a sudden, then there was light. I was like, there's, there's more, there's more cave. Yeah, I, I was gonna mention that you could. So like, obviously, before it was a park service thing, and they like, you know, wanted to preserve and protect the the cave. People signed their names on the walls of the cave, and like, first of all. This was done to to my memory, like with charcoal, basically, like they would just have torches that they would yeah. be carrying around the cave and they would just like someone would hold a torch up and everybody would just sign their name. First of all, I don't know how they had such good handwriting with that, because this looked like print. <laughs> it did. It did look like print with them just because, yeah, they'd just be holding the torch and they would just let the smoke draw it for them. Yeah, it and was the- wild. It was crazy. Very impressive. Yeah. So that's something that was really cool. But after after we visited the tuberculosis corner of the cave, we <laughs> descended deeper into the belly of the cave down these very, very steep steps. Oh with my rock lord, yes. And the steps would be so short you. as well. They'd be oh like just big enough for you to put your foot on. I definitely hit my head against the top of that part like twice at least. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was rough. 
so we get to the bottom of these stairs and now now it's for the part that we've Dave Dave was kind of preparing our whole group for but <laughs> fat man's agony mm-hmm. and also tall man's agony too but fat man's agony was was by far the worst of the two um so just imagine these really thin cave walls where you're you're having to be on your side shuffling like a little little crab mm-hmm. through this. It wasn't a long portion, but it was longer than I would have liked. Um, and you're you're told at the beginning of the tour, like, "Hey, don't touch the rocks on, yeah. on the cave mm-hmm. wall." And then we get to this part, and Dave's like, "You know, I know I told you guys not to touch the rocks, but we understand if you need to." <laughs> like, <Yeah>. please try <laughs> oh to, but don't worry about it. It's, it was really it'd be really funny because you would go through like one of these portions. And then you could see the rocks where people like had to hold on to because they would be like a different color than everything else, and they're also like super smooth. So you could see yeah. like where people are like I would have to pull themselves through it. Insane. <laughs> um. So so that was a fun little little exercise in crab shuffling. Um, crab shuffling, very yeah. very fun. But then the worst part of this whole experience. I know I talked about it on the last episode. I don't care. I will not stop complaining about this until the day that I die. The pits. Wow. Feels like he needs to have some like some some big ambiance behind that. Some Minecraft so, cave you know, noises. That's funny you say that because in the last episode I did edit some like dramatic <laughs> yeah, drone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, we'll do that for this episode too. But yes, the pits. Um Again, you don't think you're going to go into a cave and have your fear of heights triggered by anything in said cave because it's underground. And there's no so heights underground. It's there's like the there's no heights, heights underground. <laughs> oh, there is. Oh, oh, sweet summer children, there is. Sweet summer children. <laughs> so we get to this part, and it's these metal grate bridges where you, you can see through the metal grates. And there's these two pits that we have to cross over. There's no option here. You have to go to continue on the way. And the park rangers are not walking your your bottom back up to the entrance. Like, you have to go across these, these things <laughs> to continue on the way. Um, which we had been told of before. But I did not imagine how awful it would be until we got there. So the first one, there's lights in it. And it's like a 200 foot drop all the way down that you're seeing. Terrible, awful, horrendous, zero <laughs> stars. The worst, okay. And and there was like some things that had been dropped in there. Like I think there was an umbrella, an umbrella. Yeah. And some other, you know, lost to the cave, forever preserved. Um, <laughs> the worst one was the second one. There's and also they had they had like no lights in this room. There's like one like reddish purple light that they had, and that was it. <laughs> like yep, that's it. That's a it. villain's lair, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just you're you're on this metal bridge, and it's just darkness. Like I don't think they even told us how deep it was because I, I think, think so it either. goes to the other side of the world because it's just <laughs> dark. <laughs> It's just this black gaping abyss, this maw of darkness below you. Oh my lord. It is the worst. But that's not even the worst part because I somehow made my way over like shaky legs. And then I asked I asked Dave, hey Dave, 
was this was this a part of the tour you know back back in the day before before we had these these things oh i forgot about this and dave's like yeah and i say well did they have like bridges or something over it he said no they put a ladder <laughs> over it <laughs> and just just like walked across it <laughs> climbed i guess <laughs> Listen, for all the audio listeners, I wish you guys could see my face right now. I was horrified. <laughs> and I, so my next follow-up said it so question naturally is, well, did anyone fall? <laughs> he said, not that we know of. <laughs> not that we know of. <laughs> what is, what does that mean? <laughs> What does that mean? What is Dave? What does that mean? Oh, Dave. <laughs> oh my gosh. So the pits, you know, they're they're awful, but I guess I call them fun. a necessary evil. Would you? I would. I wouldn't. I think that was highly unnecessary, you but at least we had bridges. Though, didn't you? I did. Here. I if I had a ladder, I would not have. Um, but <laughs> I did with the bridge. <laughs> um, <laughs> so <laughs> that that's that's my my biggest thoughts on Mammoth Cave. I think as far as no, as far as the, the, pits, the tour goes, uh, the pits were the pits were something. Um, and I think that was towards the end of the tour, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And not long after that he brought us to that that like amphitheater kind of place um and so we go through this passageway we come down these stairs and it kind of levels out a little bit um but from the bottom of the stairs it start it like slopes gently downwards into dark black nothingness um Mm -hmm. and they've got some benches set up and so Dave's at the front and he tells us all to, you know, take a seat. We're going to sit here for a little bit and rest for a minute while he tells us a little bit more and then we'll start heading back up. That's the uh, the lowest point, I think, on that tour that, you know, yeah. we sit foot on. I'm, I'm sure the some of the pits might go a little, <laughs> a little bit about as deep. Um, yes, they do. <laughs> the lowest that we had ever been um, was going to be this point. Um, I don't remember how far below sea level we were 700 i seem to remember the number 700 maybe um it wasn't really like as far as we thought we were but it was still we were still very far down um uh but what was crazy about that part is that that part of the cave spends a decent portion amount of its time underwater there's yes evidently in the abyss it is actually water <laughs> and that water <sighs> rises up to well yep. above our heads uh wherever we were you know i actually don't know they've got to have sensors down there or something to know when the water's high or maybe they just assume mm-hmm. hey we've had a lot of flooding maybe we shouldn't go down right now um, maybe i don't remember what the highest point was it was like the 90s or something it was definitely like, way above our heads from where yeah, we were well, sitting. Like, I mean, like, uh, I don't remember oh, like when. when. Yeah, uh, I think it was like the 90s or something. Maybe the 80s. Recent, recent-ish. Yeah. Within the yeah. last 40 years, I guess. It's better mm-hmm. to say 20, but it's 2024. Um, but yeah, so that was that was pretty crazy. And then we just moved on. 
It's like this yeah, is all I mean, normally underwater. This is a lot of times this is all underwater, way above your head. I I definitely like did not expect to like Mammoth Cave as much as I did. No, I mean I knew it'd be cool, mm-hmm. but you know I'm not usually like an underground person. I like the sun. The sun's nice. Really? Um, That's wild. I like as maybe we've established in this episode. I'm not a big fan of darkness below my feet for ever um approaching darkness yeah not not a fan but um i mean i feel like we we left that tour and we were immediately like okay what are we gonna do next time we come back like right already kind of planning another trip back to mammoth Mm -hmm. cave there are like on the website i think there's like seven or eight tours um yeah and of, of various difficulty of from various like family ones to like if you want to do some actual caving stuff yeah. which sounds terrible but yeah. if you want to do that <laughs> you're into that there are those thing. options um, one of the things um that i remember i do remember doing uh, when i was younger and went with uh, my family is uh the snowball room i believe is what it's called um yes so i don't remember which tour this is on and you can no longer go there. I mean, you can you still go through there, but there used to be a diner, essentially. Eh, diner is a strong word for what it was. Yeah, in the they cave. Like, <laughs> yeah, in the cave. Like, way, way underground. Um, and they would have, like, like just super simple things, like chips, sandwiches, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And one of the tours used to take you down through there and down in there. And you could you would stop and have some lunch and then, then move on. Um, but that I remember that being super cool um, and f- crazy cold mm-hmm. compared, of course, to the <laughs> the eighty degree outside world. Of course, um, yeah. But no, Mammoth coming, Cave. Mammoth Cave is awesome. Coming out of the cave and seeing sunlight again was like blinding. It <laughs> was wild. Experience. And then yeah. how fast no, it was we a great experience. Back up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dave offered us jobs. It was pretty cool. Dave was, was the best. Dave was cool. If y'all ever go to Mammoth Cave, say hey to Dave. Say hey to Dave. Um, he's great. We love him. I don't think I could do a tour with any other ranger besides Dave. Mm-hmm. I'll we'll have to specifically request specifically as for Dave. Um, yeah. There was there was another thing. Oh, I wanted to talk quickly about how crazy Kentucky's geological history is. Oh um, yeah. Because, like, the entire time we were driving from uh, our little place in the Smokies up to Kentucky, we remarked on, like, as soon as you pass that Tennessee-Kentucky border about how crazy the rock faces get. Uh, Because, of course, you're going – it's still pretty mountainous. And Mm -hmm. um, I guess hilly is more the correct term as you got down into Kentucky. Yeah. Um, Yeah. As as you know, you're coming off the Appalachian Mountains. You can see these swaths of mountains where they kind of cut them away to make room for the road. You can see all these different layers of rock. And you could see like (laughs) all these crazy periods of time in these rock faces. And there is um, some incredible fossils that you can find in Kentucky crazy easily. Like I remember um, in the community that my grandparents lived in, um, there was some development going on and we would go and just walk around in the clay where they had, were digging the foundations and stuff. Um, And they would let you just walk around and we would find all kinds of fossils, kinds of like ammonites Mm -hmm. and uh, mostly those um, Cambrian area, era and post Cambrian. Um, Yeah. 
era fossils and stuff like that. And so, but the, the whole of Kentucky is like that. Um, such mm-hmm. a, it has such a rich geological history and there's so many caves. Mammoth cave is huge. And there's a theory that, um, all pretty much if you stand anywhere in Kentucky, you're standing over Mammoth cave. Um, there's yeah. all kinds of caverns throughout, throughout Kentucky. Um, and every day, more and more of Mammoth Cave is being discovered, and it keeps getting longer and longer and longer. Um, yes. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I don't think it's the biggest cave, but it is the longest cave. I think. Yeah, I think I think some caves are bigger and just like Volume. diameter, I guess. Yeah. But like, I mean, Mammoth Cave right now. So I don't know how accurate this number is. This is the most recent number I can find. But it's 426 miles that we have mapped out that we know mm-hmm. of. I think that we know that there's more of the cave, but we just haven't been able to quite map that out yet. Um, so, I mean, that could be just a fraction of how big it is. It could be yeah. thousands of miles for all we know. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, think, I, I know there's there's some people who very adamantly believe that every cave on the East Coast is just a, a branch of Mammoth Cave, which yeah. would not shock me at all. Um, no, no. But highly suggest Mammoth Cave Absolutely. for anyone interested. I think it's a very sort of like concrete. I think it's a great, like, if you're getting started into national parks, I think it's a really great one. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty easy, pretty, I mean, really cool, very unique. There's not many other national parks like it. I mean, every national park, there's no other national park like it. But like Mammoth Cave specifically, I feel like has something super unique to offer. Mm. Um, and we need so, to go back so we can uh, – because we didn't get to spend a whole lot of time in the museum uh, for one reason or another. Yeah. We were trying to enjoy some of the upper upper above ground stuff and we didn't want to – we were cutting our tour a little close. So we really didn't get mm-hmm. to spend as much time going through the museum and really like paying attention to everything as we'd like to have um, – but still, it was, but so we'll definitely have to go back mm-hmm. at least, at for, least sure. for that much. Uh, maybe we'll take yeah. a note for you know, since you're there. Um, I mean, you know, we might as well, but. But no, Mammoth Cave, tons, tons of stuff to do there, all kinds of tours. Um, I would mm-hmm. agree. I don't think it's a super hard uh, tour to get into. Um, you do have to be a little bit more comfortable moving around. It's mm-hmm. because I don't think there's a single tour besides the self-guided where you're not going to kind of have to squeeze into some slightly uncomfortable places. Yeah. But, you know, if you're okay with a little bit of hiking and cave, caving, splunking, I think is the word they use for that. But um, yeah. you should be, you should be totally a-okay. So <laughs> we talked a lot about some very fun things today. We did. But we did. I'm looking at our time. And as usual, we have talked a lot. we have a lot to say um so i think what we're gonna do is split this episode up a little bit so we talked about three really cool national parks today that everyone should go visit right now immediately pack up your bags get going um and then the next part we'll be talking about our beloved smoky mountains great (laughs) smoky mountains national park which we both i know have many thoughts and things so so many things to say about our beloved smokies so many stories to share so hopefully you guys really enjoyed this episode it's a bit different but i think i would really like to sprinkle ones like this in especially as we continue our national park 
journey, I guess. Is that is that the word? Expedition, adventure, expedition, adventure. There's there's a lot. You could use, there's a lot of things <laughs> that we can. Our use hero's to journey to visit every <laughs> national park. Um, Our Odyssey. <laughs> The National Park Odyssey. That's what it is. Yes. Um, <laughs> so thank, yes, thanks, everyone, for uh, tuning in. We really love talking about these national parks. If you'd like to hear more um, of our opinions on things, whether or not they're correct. Um, <laughs> or accurate. We do have quite a few episodes available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and more. You can find us pretty much everywhere the podcasts are available. You can also follow us on our social medias to hear more things we're going to be posting some of our park pictures on there as well instagram is our most active and tell us what you do and do not like about these episodes what you love hate i knew you were going to say that (laughs) i should have just kept talking um (laughs) but yes thank you guys very much for being here and joining us and we look forward to seeing you in part two of our national park odyssey park odyssey Bye-bye. Bye-bye.